0: Section 13 of the Hohenzollerns in America by Stephen Leacock. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Echoes of the War for War and Peace at the Galaxy Club. The great peace Kermis at the Galaxy Club, to which I have the honour to belong, held with a view to wipe out the peace deficit of the club, has just ended. For three weeks our clubhouse has been a blaze of illumination, we have had four orchestras in attendance. There have been suppers and dances every night. Our members have not spared themselves. The kermis is now over. We have time, as our lady-members are saying, to turn round. For the moment we are sitting listening, amid bursts of applause, to our treasurer's statement. As we hear it we realize that this peace kermis has proved the culmination and crown of Four Winters' war work but I must explain from the beginning. Our efforts began with the very opening of the war. We felt that a rich organization like ours ought to do something for the relief of the Belgians. At the same time, we felt that our members would rather receive something in the way of entertainment for their money than give it straight out of their pockets. We therefore decided first to hold a public lecture in the club, and engaged the services of Professor Dry to lecture on the causes of the war. In view of the circumstances, Professor Dry very kindly reduced his lecture fee, which, he assured us, is generally two hundred and fifty dollars, to two hundred and forty. The lecture was most interesting. Professor Dry traced the causes of the war backwards through the Middle Ages. He showed that it represented the conflict of the brachiocephalic culture of the Wendick races with the delicocephalic culture of the alpine stock. At the time when the lights went out, he had got it back to the eighth century before Christ. Unfortunately, the night, being extremely wet, was unfavorable. Few of our members care to turn out to lectures in wet weather the treasurer was compelled to announce to the committee a net deficit of two hundred dollars. Some of the ladies of the committee moved that the entire deficit be sent to the Belgians, but were overruled by the interference of the men. But the error was seen to have been in the choice of the lecturer. Our members were no longer interested in the causes of the war. The topic was too old. We therefore held public lecture in the club on the topic what will come after the war? It was given by a very talented gentleman, a Mr. Guess, a most interesting speaker, who reduced his fee, as the thing was a war charity, by one half, leaving it at three hundred dollars. Unhappily, the weather was against us. It was too fine. Our members scarcely care to listen to lectures in fine weather, and it turned out that our members are not interested in what will come after the war. The topic is too new. Our receipts of $50 left us with a net deficit of 250 Our treasurer therefore proposed that we should carry both deficits forward and open a special patriotic entertainment account showing a net total deficit of $450. In the opinion of the committee our mistake had been in engaging outside talent. It was felt that the cost of this was prohibitive, it was better to invite the services of the members of the club themselves. A great number of the ladies expressed their willingness to take part in any kind of war work that took the form of public entertainment. Accordingly, we presented a play. It was given in the ballroom of the clubhouse, a stage being specially set up for us by a firm of contractors. The firm, as a matter of patriotism, did the whole thing for us at cost merely charging us with the labor, the material, the time, the thought, and the anxiety that they gave to the job, but for nothing else. In fact, the whole staging, including lights, plumbing, and decorations, was merely a matter of five hundred dollars. The plumbers very considerately made no charge for their time, but only for their work. It was felt that it would be better to have a new play than an old. We selected a brilliant little modern drawing-room comedy never yet presented. The owner of the copyright, a theatrical firm, let us use it for a merely nominal fee of two hundred dollars, including the sole right to play the piece for ever. There being only twenty-eight characters in it, it was felt to be more suitable than a more ambitious thing." The tickets were placed at one dollar, no one being admitted free except the performers themselves and the members who very kindly acted as scene shifters, curtain lifters, ushers, doorkeepers, program sellers, and the general committee of management. All the performers, at their own suggestion, supplied their own costumes, charging nothing to the club except the material and the cost of dressmaking. Beyond this there was no expense except for the fee, very reasonable, of Mr. Skip, the professional coach who trained the performers, and who asked us, in view of the circumstances, less than half of what he would have been willing to accept. The proceeds were to be divided between the Belgian fund and the Red Cross, giving fifty per cent to each. A motion in amendment from the Ladies' Financial Committee to give fifty per cent to the Belgian Fund and sixty per cent to the Red Cross was voted down. Unfortunately, it turned out that the idea of a play was a mistake in judgment. Our members, it seemed, did not care to go to see a play except in a theatre. A great number of them, however, very kindly turned out to help in shifting the scenery and in acting as ushers our treasurer announced as the result of the play a net deficit of $1,200. He moved, with general applause, that it be carried forward. The total deficit having now reached over $1,600, there was a general feeling that a very special effort must be made to remove it. It was decided to hold weekly patriotic dances in the club ballroom every Saturday evening. No charge was made for admission to the dances, but a war supper was served at one dollar a head. Unfortunately the dances, as first planned, proved again an error. It appeared that though our members are passionately fond of dancing, few if any of them cared to eat at night. The plan was therefore changed. The supper was served first and was free, and for the dancing after supper a charge was made of one dollar per person this again was an error. It seems that after our members have had supper, they prefer to go home and sleep. After one winter of dancing, the treasurer announced a total patriotic relief deficit of five thousand dollars to be carried forward to next year. The sum duly appeared in the annual balance sheet of the club. The members, especially the ladies, were glad to think that we were at least doing something for the war." at this point some of our larger men themselves financial experts took hold some said that our entertainments had been on too small a scale they told us that we had been undermined by overhead expenses the word overhead was soon on everybody's lips we were told that if we could distribute our overhead it would disappear it was therefore planned to hold a great war kermis with a view to spreading out the overhead so thin that it would vanish. But it was at this very moment that the armistice burst upon us in a perfectly unexpected fashion. Every one of our members was, undoubtedly, delighted that the war was over, but there was a very general feeling that it would have been better if we could have had a rather longer notice of what was coming." It seemed as many of our members said, such a leap in the dark to rush into peace all at once. It was said indeed by our best business men that in financial circles they had been fully aware that there was a danger of peace for some time and had taken steps to discount the peace risk. But for the club itself, the thing came with a perfect crash. The whole preparation of that great kermis was well under way when the news broke upon us. For a time the members were aghast. It looked like ruin. But presently it was suggested that it might still be possible to save the club by turning the whole affair into a peace kermis, and devoting the proceeds to some suitable form of relief. Luckily it was discovered that there was still a lot of starvation in Russia, and fortunately it turned out that in spite of the armistice the Turks were still killing the Armenians." so it was decided to hold the kermis and give all the profits realized by it to the victims of the peace. Everybody set to work again with a will. The kermis indeed had to be postponed for a few months to make room for the changes needed, but it has now been held, and in a certain sense it has been the wildest kind of success. The club, as I said, has been a blaze of light for three weeks, we have had four orchestras in attendance every evening. There have been booths draped with the flags of all the allies, except some that we were not sure about, in every corridor of the club. There have been dinner-parties and dances every evening. The members, especially the ladies, have not spared themselves. Many of them have spent practically all their time at the kermis, not going home until two in the morning." and yet somehow one has felt that underneath the surface it was not a success. The spirit seemed gone out of it. The members themselves confessed in confidence that in spite of all they could do, their hearts were not in it. Peace had somehow taken away all the old glad sense of enjoyment. As to spending money at the Kermis, all the members admitted frankly that they had no heart for it. This was especially the case when the rumour got abroad that the Armenians were a poor lot, and that some of the Turks were quite gentlemanly fellows. It was said, too, that if the Russians did starve it would do them a lot of good. So it was known even before we went to hear the financial report that there would be no question of profits on the Kermis going to the Armenians or the Russians and tonight, the treasurer has been reading out to a general meeting the financial results as nearly as they can be computed. He has put the net patriotic deficit, as nearly as he can estimate it, at $15,000, though he has stated, with applause from the ladies, that the gross deficit is bigger still. The ladies' financial committee has just carried a motion that the whole of the deficit, both net and gross, be now forwarded to the Red Cross Society, 60%, the Belgian Relief Fund, 50%, and the remainder invested in the war loan. But there is a very general feeling among the male members that the club will have to go into liquidation. Peace has ruined us. Not a single member, so far as I am aware, is prepared to protest against the peace, or is anything but delighted to think that the war is over. At the same time, we do feel that if we could have had a longer notice, six months for instance, we could have braced ourselves better to stand up against it and meet the blow when it fell. I think, too, that our feeling is shared outside. End of section 13